Welcome back, Amazon sellers, to another exciting episode of our podcast. Today, our special guest is Alex, better known as AC Flips. He left his job as a high-paying engineer to sell on Amazon full-time and hasn't looked back. Join us as we learn how AC Flips transitioned from side hustle to full-time and has reached over six figures in sales. This episode will give you practical advice you can use right away to scale up your online business. Check it out. Welcome to the next Amazon Top Seller Podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty gritty of selling on Amazon through Cool's years of experience in the Amazon world. I'm Nick, and I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by the fantastic Amazon experts at Cool. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon top seller. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today, Bikul invited a very special guest. His name is Alex AC Flips, and today he will share with us about his Amazon journey. How did he start to sell on Amazon? How does he usually look for the products? And many more useful information for everyone who sells on Amazon. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Alex on our channel. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we are really happy that you joined our show today. And first, can you introduce yourself for some people who don't know you yet? Yeah, I'm I'm Alex. I've been selling on Amazon for a little over two and a half years. I started with way back before Amazon even. I was flipping products on eBay, going to Goodwills, and then I stumbled into retail arbitrage with Amazon, plateaued at some point, switched into online arbitrage, and I've been doing that ever since. I am doing Amazon full-time, online arbitrage. That is my uh, full-time gig, but I really enjoy doing it. And I enjoy sharing content about my journey and educating other sellers in the space as well. And can I ask you, like, before you start to sell on Amazon, what did you do before that? I actually got a degree in mechanical engineering. So I was uh, an engineer for five years. And then, I, like I said, I've been working on Amazon for a little, almost three years. And a, a little over a year ago, I quit the engineering job to do Amazon full time. Uh, which is really exciting. Oh, wow, that's good. Like, so congratulations on that. And can I ask you, like, how did you decide to switch it over to Amazon? Amazon, I, I got to a point where I was, uh, you know, my business was profiting a certain amount. And I knew if I could just put more hours in um, than what I, you know, I was working the nine to five, full 40 plus hours, and then coming home and just working on Amazon all the time. And I knew that I could scale it, you know, much bigger if I just had more time to work on it. And then that's kind of what happened. So I, I you know, was able to put a bunch more time into it. You know, I work a lot more than I did as an engineer, but I enjoy working on the business. I enjoy, you know, the Amazon space altogether. So it's been a really fun experience doing this full time. And yeah, I've just been working on building, you know, good foundational business systems to help scale at a reasonable pace and um, really grow profits in the business. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And do you remember like how much money did you start with like to start your Amazon business? Yeah, I think I started with a little, a couple thousand dollars, probably $2,000 I started with. Um, and that was like, I started with my eBay flips. I think I may have built that up to maybe three or 4,000. And then that was uh, what I started with, with Amazon. I didn't spend all the money right away. Like it took me a while to buy enough inventory to max out that money. So basically I started, it felt like I started with less because I just wasn't spending as much on inventory, but I did have a couple thousand to start with. And like when you just started to sell on Amazon, like was it hard for you to get ungated in some category? So some brands. Yeah, yeah. The ungating part was a little tricky. Um, basically, I just avoided the brands that I was gated in. Some of them will auto ungate you, but especially with my retail arbitrage, I was in stores scanning products. If I was gated, put it back on the shelf, move to the next product. If it was ungated, then I, you know, I could purchase that. And I kind of just did that over and over again. Uh, once I learned about 
you know, ungating online with online arbitrage, you know, where you submit the, the, basically the email confirmation or an invoice with 10 units Then I, you know, basically wasn't afraid to buy any uh, brand knowing that I could probably get ungated just submitting the, the email receipt. So, but like once you start to sell on Amazon, like does it get easier to get ungated in certain categories? Once you start selling a good amount, I think Amazon like notices that in your account and they will auto engage you in a lot of different brands. If you just click through, it might say you're gated, but if you click through, sometimes it just says, congrats, you're, you've been ungated. But otherwise the invoice and the, or the email confirmation from your order, as long as you have 10 units of the same product, um, a lot of times that will work, even if it, you get rejected the first or couple times. Just resubmit that same piece of information, and a lot of times they will eventually ungate you in the brand. Okay, perfect. And how did you learn about the product sourcing? Because I think that is the most important part when you sell on Amazon, like how to find those products to resell there, like how to find those products to flip on Amazon. So how did you learn about the product sourcing part? For me, the product sourcing, I did a lot of learning on my own. I, I didn't watch, you know, there's so much YouTube content out there, free content to learn how to read Keepa charts and, you know, learn how to source different methods but um I was just a lot of like trial and error with me looking at you know different products I would just google I guess I would search random products on Amazon random brands and then I would just look through you know all the different products or product types in that brand and hopefully you know find something so it was just a lot of like finding brands that I knew could be profitable if maybe it's not profitable at the moment, but it's a good online arbitrage brand and certain websites will run discounts for those, you know, that specific brand. So just finding a good product and then waiting for the discount to make it profitable and then being able to purchase through that way. So that was kind of my initial start to learning. It was a lot of, you know, trying to find products that are profitable. If they're not understand what brands are profitable. And then like, would it be fine like to share with our audience? Like how do you usually look for the product? Maybe we can do like a little live demo to show everyone like how do you look for the products to resell on Amazon definitely all right so basically we're on the Amazon homepage uh, the simplest way for me is just to search a product from a brand that you that you might know and you can get plenty of ideas from a bunch of others uh, YouTube videos right like I you can look at videos on my channel and look at how I've sourced in the past um, there's plenty of other content creators in the Amazon space for simplicity we're just going to search a Nike product so Nike is a really popular online arbitrage brand so we're just going to type in Nike shoes and then uh, basically we're going to not necessarily look at the shoe, but we're going to look at the sellers on that listing and try to use their storefronts as inspiration for finding products. So um, we'll just go to say, let's see here, I got DS Quick View, which kind of gives me a little synopsis of what the product is. But um, this one is a 27K rank. So we're just going to look at that for now. So we're opening up this product. Again, you can do this with any brand that you know is an online arbitrage brand. If you don't know any, again, you can start with Nike. You can work on certain beauty brands like Clinique or Kiehl's or whatever. There's a bunch of brands and then, you know, just search the product and then no, don't necessarily have to find, you know, a shoe on the, on the homepage that's available. But what I, and I do have, I'm using SellerAmp here, which is a, another tool that makes it really helpful to source. But basically we're looking at all of the other sellers on this listing. And again, we might not find this exact shoe profitable, but if we look at some other listing or other sellers, we can look at their storefronts and what are they selling? So the thought is, 
is if they were able to find this shoe profitable, there's a good chance that they have found other shoes or other Nike products profitable as well. So then we can go through, uh, we can look at some of the other products that they have sold or that are currently in their storefront. And we can go through each product here. To do that without Seller Amp, I think we can just go and look at the data tab, offers, um, and then this is going to, again, list all of the products that, or all of the sellers that are selling this product. And what we can do is just open up their storefront in Keepa here. So we can go back and we can open up. And then it, again, it's a, a little bit different view, but it's going to list all of their, their products in their storefront. And then we can kind of analyze the Keepa chart here. And it's got a lot of similar metrics that Selleramp does. So honestly, I recommend at least one of the two tools, Keepa or Selleramp or both. Both are really helpful. So I, I really um, use both when I'm sourcing, but that is most of the time how I am going to, if I need to find products quickly, that is going to be the best way that I look for products as quick as I can. And like, for example, like when you usually look at the seller amp, like what are the key metrics you look there? Like, for example, like the monthly sales, like do you look to have like a particular amount of sales you want to have per month or like maybe a like particular bestseller rank you want to have for the product to decide like if you want to resell it or not? Yeah, yeah. I definitely look at like all these metrics at the top here. So I'm seeing, you know, a 28K rank, which it says it estimates the entire listing sells over a thousand times per month. That's really good. Some of the lower ranges that I'll go is like a 200K rank. And then even up, depending on the category, like home and kitchen or clothing, I maybe will go a little bit higher than 200K, but we want to know that we can at least sell five to 10 units a month. If the says 30 or 40 and, you know, there's three other sellers and they each have a decent amount of stock and they're priced competitively, then I can kind of assume like if I had the same amount of units and I was priced competitively, I should be able to take a third of the share, which is like 10 units a month. And then again, if I'm making $20 profit times 10 units, that's $200 profit on one item. That's pretty good. So you can go after the smaller the, or the, the slower sellers, but just make sure that you're going to get sales. So you can, you know, scroll down and look at the other sellers, right? There's 38 on this one. How many are priced competitively? We can see that maybe within a couple dollars of the buy box is the competitive price sellers. So um, maybe at 70 is the, is the last competitively priced seller. So there's seven sellers priced competitively. One of them is FBM. So if we don't want to include them, we could say six sellers are priced competitively. I would be a seventh seller. So then you can divide the sales on this variation by seven. And that kind of estimates how many times we think we could sell this product per month. All right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think it was really useful. Okay. And now I want to ask you about um, the categories because there's like literally, I think thousands of categories and subcategories on Amazon. And like for you, like how do you usually decide like which category you should choose to sell your products on? If you're unfamiliar with certain categories, I would spend maybe 80% of the time looking at categories that you're familiar with. And maybe it's not familiar doesn't mean that you've sourced it before. But maybe, you know, if you're a guy and you love sports and outdoors, maybe stick with the sports and outdoors category to start because you just might recognize brands that are popular in that space based on your personal experiences. And then maybe the other 20% of the time you're sourcing, explore new categories that you haven't found before. But you don't want to spend too much time exploring new random categories just because you might not have a lot of luck and then you get discouraged, not finding any products. But if you start with, right, or you spend a good amount of time in the categories you're familiar with, then you might, you might find some products and then you feel like you've, you know, bought some inventory. Now I can go explore and see if I can learn about new brands and other categories. And then you start building a list of, you know, good products that you're not super familiar with. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And can I ask you like, because I know that you've been selling on Amazon for a few years and how do you think Amazon has changed for past years? Yeah. One of the biggest, I think there is a, a lot more sellers in the space than there used to be. I've noticed that 
that popular brands tend to get a lot more sellers when certain sales happen. So you just have to really study the Keepa charts, you know, understand which products are worth going deep on and which products are worth only doing test buys on. And then maybe avoiding certain brands altogether just because, you know, there's just so many sellers in that space or in that category. So I've just really tried to diversify the categories that I'm selling in. So that way I'm not getting going too deep on something and then getting burned by it because the price tanked and now there's really no way to make money on that. And all my you know, money is tied up in inventory that is going to lose me money. So trying to avoid that as much as possible by just diversifying. All right, all right. Yeah, that's good. And can I ask you like, because there's like different business models on Amazon, there's like retail arbitrage, online arbitrage and wholesale. And which one do you prefer among those different business models? For me, I really love the online arbitrage method. There's just so many products out there and unlimited fast moving products as well. I mean, there's, you know, the top 10,000 products in every category sells really well for the most part. So, and there's how many categories? So there's hundreds of thousands of fast moving products right at your fingertips. You just have to find them. Um, if you're just starting out, I would maybe recommend retail arbitrage just because it's really as simple as going into the store, finding the clearance section and scanning every single product. And you're going to find a couple of them that might make you some profit. Um, so it's really a beginner friendly way to get started. Um, Online arbitrage takes a little bit more work because um, you have to learn how to uh, navigate certain websites, you know, wait for certain sales to happen. Um, and that can be a little bit more tricky. But the retail arbitrage, you can go right to the sales section. And a lot of times there's limited inventory too. So you can, you know, if you're buying something from a Walmart clearance, there's a good chance that it's not clearanced online. So that way there's just less competition available to buy up that product. All right. Okay. And then like, let's say like if your friend or maybe like someone, you know, like want to start to sell on Amazon, how do you think what would be the best way for them like to get like in like let's say like in five thousand in sales per month? I would say the best and quickest way to get to five thousand in sales is to really understand what makes a profitable product, what makes a good product, and and doing that is going to be help. And learning how to read Keepa charts is going to be the most helpful way to understanding a good product. The sales history of all any product is going to be they're all different, right? And some of them uh, have big price swings when seller count goes up and some of them just don't move as much when the seller count goes up. So you just want to really understand what happens when the, the price point is here and, and what does that do to the sellers and just really understanding buying good products. Because if you want to, if you have a certain amount of capital, let's say you have a thousand dollars, you don't want to put that all into bad inventory that moves slow or doesn't sell or loses you money because all of those things combined is going to really slow your growth. So if you can learn how to read, keep a charts that will tell you products that are going to move fast, products that will be profitable at the price you're buying them at, then you will be able to scale a little bit quicker. And I mean, there's, like I said before, there's so much free content on YouTube and, you know, my channel and a bunch of other content creators channels in the Amazon space. So spend, again, the 80-20 rule, spend 80% of your time doing and sourcing and learning the Keepa charts yourself and learning which brands are good. And then 20% of the time spend learning from other people and watching them source and learning, you know, the little tweaks and, and things that they use to get through products quickly and, and analyze the Keepa charts. So some time learning a lot of time doing because you're going to learn a lot from just going through different charts and seeing different views and can i ask you like what kind of mistakes do you do with your online arbitrage business at the beginning yeah there's a couple different mistakes that stand out um some of them were just you know bad buys right like i bought them 
with an increasing offer count already. And then the price was super inflated and then not realizing that that price is not sustainable because once the offer count goes up, the price tanks right after. Bought plenty of those products, you know, in my time selling on Amazon and made more of those mistakes at the beginning. Now I see those charts and I know that I missed out on the price, right? And it's not a good purchase. Honestly, some of the other mistakes early on were certain products that I thought were good weren't and I bought just too many units of them. And, you know, I, then it's like, it was good maybe at the time, but then again, like the price tanks or something happens and then, um, the price, it's just not going to sell for you. Um, or even Amazon maybe jumps on the listing and you could have prevented that if you just knew how to read the keep a chart a little better, a product where I, I bought 30 units and I was selling, uh, I sold them all. And then I bought like 60 or 80 more, but Amazon had jumped on the listing right after I purchased. So I, it took me forever to sell all those units. I had to sell at a loss. So really, I think it's good. It's better to, to be saying, I wish I would have bought more instead of, I wish I didn't buy so many because you can always find new products that will make you money. But if you buy a bunch of bad inventory that you're stuck with, it's going to take a lot longer to, to get that money back and put it into better inventory. So it's okay if you didn't buy enough but um it's it's going to be tough it's slower to if you bought too many yeah i think it's really a good tip and for you like when you decide like to buy the inventory like how many units do usually is a good amount to get like is it like five units or 10 units or like what would be like the good amount of units to get for your amazon if you're test buying unit if you're test buying a product that five to ten is going to be a good number right if, if the price tanks and you only bought five units i mean you can buy as low as like one or two units i don't really learn enough from that especially with the velocity um but if you're test buying something say that is a 200k rank and you don't know if you're going to sell two a month or 10 a month um, you buy five units right maybe it takes two weeks to sell it's still profitable and then you know you can repurchase a few more but um, if something happens price tanks let's say you break even that's only five products that you broke even on maybe you invested a hundred dollars into it but you get your hundred dollars back and you can buy better inventory so I still like to test buy certain units that are certain products that I'm not super familiar with, especially in new categories, just so I'm not getting burned or going super deep on something. But that test buy of five to 10 is always um, going to be a good option if you're not familiar with the product or the category. Okay. And then like, can I ask you like about the outsourcing? Like, like do you outsource your business? Like, when do you think is the best time to start outsourcing your Amazon business? Yeah, I do have two sourcing VAs. So, um, Two virtual assistants from the Philippines. They they both source for me full time, help me find products. Again, I'm doing this full time, so I have a ton of other responsibilities within the business, making sure the account health is good, you know, uh, prepping products, all that stuff. So I don't have as much time to source as I would like. So I do have two sourcing VAs as pertains to what is a good time to think about hiring a virtual assistant. There's a couple different bottlenecks that you'll run into when you're growing your Amazon business. And the first bottleneck that you run into is basically you don't have enough leads because you're not good at sourcing. Maybe you have a thousand to start, but you're having a hard time spending a thousand on inventory because you're not good at sourcing. Well, the more you source, the better you get at it. And then you're able to spend that money and then you make it back. And then all of a sudden now you have too many leads and you don't have enough capital. So then, you know, you might have to get a, a business credit card and then now you have more capital but now you don't have enough you don't have enough leads to buy with that new capital and then you get better at sourcing and it's kind of back and forth so for me i think i was already doing i was spending it wasn't a dollar amount that i was making but i was spending 20 to 30 hours sourcing per week by myself 
And I just was kind of like stuck at a certain sales level. And then I just kind of knew if I want to grow, I need to spend more on inventory. And if I can't put in the time myself, I need to outsource. So then that's when I look to hire some virtual assistants. And for example, when you start to hire Amazon VAs, how do you usually manage them? And how do you make sure that they're going to be productive and will bring you a good amount of leads? I work with them a ton. Um, I mean, that's, it's not, I don't micromanage. I really try to make sure that, you know, they're going in the right direction at all times. Any questions they have, I'm there to answer. Um, so the first couple of weeks that they were hired on, I worked with them almost every day, just reviewing every lead they're submitting, making sure they understand what I'm looking for. Because if you don't establish that right away, then they're just not going to understand why you're rejecting all the leads, or they're just not going to put a lot of effort in. And then, you know, once they start to understand really what you're looking for as uh, the business owner, um, and you know, what leads you really care about and what leads you might avoid, then you'll start to see some progress. And and then, you know, I'm still meeting with them on a weekly basis just to review some leads that they still that I still wouldn't purchase from them and just answer any questions they have. But just making sure we're in good communication. So if there's any issues, I can address it. And then we're kind of always growing and moving forward. And do you use like any tools or any techniques to stay productive when you do Amazon business? I mean, there's a lot of tools that help the business. As for productivity, I do have a Google Calendar that I try to put certain tasks on um, to really, you know, spell out the day and make sure that I'm certain tasks have to get done. I'll put it on the calendar um, for that day. Um, just good reminders for things, but I just try to task batch as much as possible. And that, that way it helps me kind of stay focused and keep me, yep, you have to source today or yes, you have to prep today. Just setting those boundaries and schedules is, is kind of helping me with efficiency. And now like talking about a repricer, like when did you start to use a repricer for your Amazon business? Uh, I think I, I first started with Be Cool when I was doing around 10 to 15 15,000 in sales. I feel like I maybe could have gone, gotten it a little sooner, but um, basically like I recommend a repricer to people who are spending like more than like 30 hour minutes to 30 minutes to an hour per week on repricing, manual repricing. And if you're not manual repricing or not repricing at all, then I think you should at least do some sort of repricing because it's definitely helps you get the buy box and get sales more often. But yeah, if you're spending enough time repricing manually, then the repricer itself will pay for itself in the extra sales that you're going to generate. And if you have like, if you're starting to build a pretty big product list and you get, you know, upwards of 20, 30, 40 ASINs in your catalog, that just takes so long to go through all the time. So definitely a repricer is going to help you there. And what kind of repricing rules do you use for your Amazon business? I love using the AI equalizer. That's one of my go-tos. Um, I did, when I first started, I didn't have the AI version. So I just used um, one that I created that would just kind of help me match the FBA buy box and, and be competitive with FBA sellers. Um, but the equalizer is good. And then when I'm trying to sell a little bit quicker, I'll go to sales booster. And that seems to kind of help those little bit slower moving listings. All right, perfect. And I want to ask you about Q1 and Q2, because after Q4, like the busy season, like what would you suggest for people to do like in the less busy seasons, like such as Q1 and Q2? Yeah, those are great times to really build and understand what systems you need to be successful long-term. I think like building a, an inventory spreadsheet where you can track all the purchases that you make. Um, if you use gift cards, right, you want to be able to track those things, basically like helping you maintain as much profit as possible. And 
the busyness of Q4, you're just buying things and selling them and things are going off the door and it's just chaos. But um, I think uh, Q1, Q2 is a good time to really build and build strong foundations. So that way, when the busy seasons come around, you're prepared and you're, you know, all of your analytics are prepared and that's just going to help you be more successful and maintain more profits uh, down the line. All right. Perfect. And then also like, can you share about your social media channels and if someone wants to find you, like where they can find you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. My, my username is acflip17 on all platforms. Uh, I make YouTube videos teaching people how to sell on Amazon, how to source, look at Keepa charts, Instagram, shorter form content, but it's still acflip17. So definitely check it out there if you are interested in learning more about Amazon, repricing, selling, all of it. So we're going to include the links in the description. So guys, make sure to go and follow Alex AC Flips on his social media. And we're getting to the end of our video today. Thank you so much, Alex, for sharing all of those tips and strategies and the live product sourcing. I think it was really useful for all the audience who watched this video. Yeah, thank you so much again. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. All right. So yeah, I guess we'll see you next time. Hey, Amazon sellers. I hope you enjoyed this incredible episode with our fantastic guest, Alex. We created these great interviews so that you can gain the most valuable insights into Amazon's business. While other Amazon sellers spend years accumulating experience, you can listen to their stories and learn valuable tips in a fraction of the time. So make sure to listen to other podcasts on our channel. To watch the full interview where Alex shares how he reached six figures and watch the live demo of him sourcing products, make sure to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have an Amazon business and need help winning the buy box to get more sales, join our community and try a 14-day free trial for the best Be Cool AI repricer and become the next Amazon top seller. See you soon. Thank you for listening. If you would like to stay connected with our weekly new episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or any other streaming platform you prefer. Let's continue our journey to become the next Amazon top seller 